most of the family to be awake, so I was trapped in my bedroom by my fear. But perhaps someone else was up and about this early. Opening my door cautiously, I was relieved to hear four-year-old Bridget singing to herself in the living room. If I could reach her before the dog found me, she could put the dog outside. Despite my fear, I tiptoed down the corridor and peered around the edge of the living room door. But Bridget was not singing to herself. There was the shepherd lying on his stomach on the rug. Bridget in her little pink nightie was lying on the rug on her stomach too. She had a tube of toothpaste and a toothbrush and was brushing the dog's big teeth, all the while singing to him. You'll wonder where the yellow went when you brush your teeth with Pepsodent. The shepherd's mouth was full of foam and he was wagging his tail so hard it thumped against the floor. I took a deep breath in and began to laugh. In the blink of an eye, I was free of a fear that had gripped me for more than twenty years. In that moment, I knew that I was not afraid of the animals that lived in the world. I was only afraid of the animals that lived in my mind. My fear had not kept me safe from animals. It had only separated me from their love. Later, when I found my own apartment, I rescued a big orange tomcat. I have lived with a beloved animal companion ever since. That moment in the living room happened 50 years ago, and I have been blessed by the angel every day since then. Many of us who feel we do not have the courage to face our fears may have more courage than we know. If you have many fears, it takes courage just to talk to a stranger, just to answer the phone, or to go to the market to get bread. Just to speak aloud. Like a muscle that is used daily over and over, courage grows from being used like this. One day when you reach for your courage on purpose because something really matters to you, you may discover its power and its strength for the first time. What you will also discover in reading The Fear Cure is that, surprisingly, courage is not the opposite of fear. The opposite of fear is joy. I had thought that joy was the same as happiness, but joy is far more durable than happiness. The capacity for joy seems to come from an unconditional relationship to life a willingness to show up and meet with whatever is there. It is an openness that takes us beyond the wish to control life to the capacity to celebrate life. It moves us from an adversarial relationship toward life to the experience of mystery and wonder which is at the heart of life. Ultimately, it can heal us. There is in everyone a place beyond the preference for outcome, a place beyond a win-lose mentality and the fear that feeds on it. The fear cure offers us the option of trusting life itself and the realization that perhaps there is no way to lose except not to play. This wonderful book is about understanding and receiving the blessing in our fears, recognizing the powers of our fears to guide us to our places of healing and free us to live with joy. There is no one alive who will not find a healing in it. Introduction Fear is only inverted faith. It is faith in evil instead of good. Florence Scovel Shin When we drove into a tunnel on the way to a scenic overlook on Pikes Peak in Colorado Springs, my cousin Rebecca and I were feeling very Thelma and Louise in our top-down convertible with our long hair whipping in the summer wind. A short way into the tunnel, we noticed a stopped car blocking the road. Two men were standing behind the car, leaning into the trunk, as if the tire had blown and they were rummaging around for a spare. We braked and slowed to a crawl, just as the two men did an about-face and came running toward us, wearing black-knit ski masks and flashing shiny pistols. 
With the ragtop down and no easy way to back out of the one-way tunnel, we were fully exposed, totally vulnerable, and trapped. Every cell in my body clenched as the masked men ran the few feet from their car to ours. My heart started pounding, and I could hear the blood rushing in my ears so loud that I almost couldn't hear their shouting voices, screaming at us to give them our purses. I felt terrified, but some other part of me took over in that moment. I was hyper-aware of every nuance of the situation, simultaneously paying attention to the two masked gunmen, to where Rebecca was and how I sensed she was feeling, and to the sensations in my own body. Although I was frightened, there was a strange sense of calm as this something took me over and guided me through the situation. When one man asked me for my purse, the calm part of me watched me pull my purse out from under the seat and hand it over. My purse had little of value in it, a few dollar bills, some credit cards, a tube of lipstick.